You are the Son of Man. Name the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This uh, confession in the gospel today is to the in crowd. Because what the Lord is asking is, do you know that the Son of Man is the Son of God? He was asking, do you believe in the Incarnation? Very veiled language. But the last few Gospels, if you've noticed, there's always something in them these last Sundays at the messianic secret. But not everybody knew that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, and he told them to keep it a secret. Now the question is, did he really want them to keep it a secret? I think he was saying, go on out and tell them. So he was asking this man, this blind man, that he had cured if he knew what the Son of Man was about. He, he cured you. These are works of, of the Savior. These are works of the Messiah, the one filled by God with divine charisma, grace, energies, healing power, knowledge, revelation, his Son. I wonder if he asked it because of the audience that the gentleman had drawn to himself, the Pharisees. You know, and there were the Pharisees and Sadducees and all these people, the people running the temple. Then they were trying to perfect what they thought was the traditional religion. And they knew the Messiah was going to come. And they knew what people were saying about him. And so the Lord asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe really who I am? I am truly God and truly man. This is the question of the ages. It's the one question in your life you have to answer. It was a difficult question in the early church for about 800 years, and it still is, because we have to accept Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man in one person. Only one like that. Only one like that. What are you risking if you don't accept him? Eternal salvation. Now, when you were baptized, all of us, you were giving theological virtues. Theological virtues are powers of the soul of a man or woman. We use them especially to worship God. And so, people who are not baptized and chrismated, we don't normally admit to the Holy Eucharist. 
because you need those gifts from God to with faith and love receive the Holy Eucharist. And more than that, that's what makes you a priestly people so you can worship at the divine liturgy. So, this morning, Elizabeth reminded us all that their obligation of the person is to worship the Lord, the liturgy. And today is a crisis in liturgy because so many people are there limiting the men of people who can come to liturgy. But yet this, if they're baptized and chrismated, this is their right. And of course, you can't receive sacraments by proxy or by watching them. You might receive some grace, however, and it's a good thing if you can't get to the church to celebrate with the priest and the community that you do that. But the optimum condition is to use the gifts that were given to you when you were baptized and chrismated and come to the Eucharist. I remember I was in a class and um, with, with uh, Father Petrus, and one of the priests asked, uh, should we go to the, to the Eucharist or, you know, liturgy and, and not receive the Eucharist? And he says, well, of course not. The main reason you're going to the liturgy, besides worship of the Holy Trinity, is to receive the Holy Eucharist. He thought it was very strange questions. But we have people who, rather than live in a state of grace, will go to church to fulfill their so-called obligation, which is an obligation, and they will not go to the Eucharist. Uh, there's only a couple reasons to be in church and not go to the Eucharist. Is either you're in a state of mortal sin, as they say, or you're ill, you're afraid to take the Eucharist, or you didn't prepare yourself with uh, recollection to receive the Eucharist. Now we have problems with all those things. People just going to church. In the early church, if you, if you were a catechumen, you couldn't go to church. You sat out there in the porch, in the narthex. We seem today to allow everybody to come to church except if the government says don't go because of a pandemic and, and diseases amongst you. But we should prepare for church to go to the Eucharist. There's prayers that the monks are saying while I'm having proscomedia, her preparation prayers. My grandparents from Europe, they were going to go to um, liturgy on Sunday. They had preparation prayers they might do for you, might do for three days. And they might do three days of Thanksgiving afterwards. So number one, we should be prepared to receive the Eucharist when we come. 
which means we should prepare for Sunday liturgy. And we should remember it is Sunday, the Lord's Day. Secondly, secondly, the question of sin and the Eucharist. If you have a small sin, shall we say, you can go to the Eucharist. I think in the prayers, I say, for the forgiveness of sin is one of the reasons you go to the Eucharist. And really, in, in the Catholic Church, it's serious sins that we should confess. Other uh, reasons for confession or out of devotion or out of, but you should always examine your conscience to do that. And actually, all of us should ask forgiveness of sin before we go to sleep at night. Because the Lord may come during the night and whisk you away. And that, those confessions are preparation for better receiving the Eucharist. So going to confession is, has three purposes. First, to receive the Eucharist worthily, forgiveness of sin, and a pledge of grace from God to help you when you're in temptation again. Those are all good reasons. Of late, in the church, I sometimes wonder if we all prepare for the Eucharist as we should. Thirdly, thirdly, our life is a life to give glory to God. The best way to do that is to worship him as he has revealed us to do that. That's why we have liturgy. Liturgy is revealed to us. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And especially our liturgy is ancient of days. In its form, in its prayers, which are mostly biblical, and it teaches us, if you listen well, every Sunday you hear everything we believe. It teaches us well. So this question, are you the Christ, the Son of the living God? Are you the Son of Man? Yes, yes. And what are you here for? To heal you. To open your eyes. Teach you who you are. Teach you how to live a holy life. So you can go with me to glory the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each liturgy, Eucharistic liturgy, is a celebration with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why when the priest picks up the gospel book to begin the liturgy and make the sign of the cross, he says, Blessed is the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are that kingdom. 
You are those holy people. You are magnificent in yourselves. But you're most magnificent when you celebrate with the Holy Trinity in the mystical supper of the Eucharist that makes you truly divine. So, it says in the pastoral epistles in the back of the New Testament, chapter 2, James 2, and not James 2, but you will be partakers of the divine nature. So what you begin on earth, you will live in heaven. And you have this wonderful opportunity. So these days are sad days around us. It's strange. It's not like anything we've ever experienced before. Although some of us experienced world wars, rationing of food, sickness, ultimately death. But this seems like a whole nation is put on guard, a whole world. It's all called to the Eucharistic life and to confess. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of Man. You are the Savior of the world. And that's why I'm here. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.